If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, August 22nd, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the man wearing a burnt orange bomber jacket, a.k.a. Tim motherfucking Gettys. No lie. I was out in public in this. Someone came up and complimented me on it and was like, what color is that? And no I was way. like, I had to bite my tongue. And they were like, is it burnt orange? And no I, Gia, I looked at G. G was there. G saw this happen. I looked at her and she was like, <sighs> like she got so upset because I had showed her the TikTok. So she knew and she thought That's I staged so the situation. And I'm like, that is some the rehearsal. Nathan she was Gilder looking for shit. cameras. <laughs> like she thought that we were like making a TikTok about our TikTok, and that she was like getting pranked. I'm like, gee, have I ever pranked you in my life? <laughs> like that is just not my vibe at all. Although, one day, she better be ready. That is incredible. Yeah. Uh, sp- speaking, orange, of bomber, speaking of bomber jackets, though, I just dropped something in assets, uh, Barry. If you're able to to pull it up, so I've been keeping my eye on a jacket that is inspired uh, by Disco Elysium. Specifically, there's a character named Kim Kusuragi in that uh, game that wears a bomber jacket that I deem is fresh. And I've been like considering buying this thing for a year straight, but it's been out of stock. But the more I sit on it, the more I'm like, do I spend the money on this thing? Like, is it too much? Tim, you are my fashion icon. Thank you. <laughs> is this <laughs> is this jacket hot or not? I mean, the jacket's hot for sure. Uh, I personally don't have the neck for that type of turtleneck situation going on um you would look dope as shit though what is the price on this it uh, from what i've seen it ranges it's in like the 80 dollars range though from what this I looks like an 80 dollars jacket i'm okay with that okay it also okay. it also says out of stock yeah that's the thing is i keep i i keep trying to keep an eye on it that's i actually checked up checked up on it this morning because i got an email uh from the website about something else that was in stock and i got excited because i've been sitting on this for over a year and i was like oh shit finally it's back in stock and it turns out that it was, there were some trousers <laughs> that were back in stock but then i checked this one out again trousers. i was like uh maybe they uh, trousers i'm for, uh, that's what they called him when i was when i lived in nigeria and i just never let it go um got it. yeah because they call it underwear tim no shit. Pants or underwear. Yeah, and I believe that's in the UK also. If you go over there, you're talking about pants. Wow. And then you're talking about underwear. Wow. Pantaloons. <laughs> Pantaloons. Don't get me started on, on Fanny, Tim. <laughs> it's a whole different thing over there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on this, Jack. You think, <laughs> th- think it looked fresh? You think it wouldn't be doing too much if I wore this, let's say, to the club on a Friday night? No, but I, I d- okay. that definitely not too, too much for that. But I think that you could just rock it more normally. Just in general? Yeah. You know how you have your, your bless outfits and then you have your like bless I'm trying outfits? Mm-hmm. That looks you like one of those. Trying. Like yeah. I bless I'm like, okay. I you're can about see that. To, and, and of course I mean that as a compliment. Like th- that is the oh, I'm about to get some extra likes on Instagram today. You know what okay. I mean? That that's that type of thing. So if you want them likes, bless, you get that jacket. Hell yeah. Well, Tim, enough mm-hmm. about jackets. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Saints Row reviews have dropped, Last of Us on HBO gets its first trailer, and every video game franchise is getting a movie adaptation because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash Games or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. 
Housekeeping for you, a new kind of funny games cast is up right now, and it's our Saints Row review. Uh, you can catch that on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe. And I'll say it's a it's a must listen. Whether or not you're into Saints Row, it's one of those rare reviews where like we're all we're all very much on the same page about <laughs> us all not liking something. I think it is our first consensus two out of five review. And it's a unique review crew, right? It is me, it is Mike, it is Janet Garcia, and it's Tim asking us all the questions about it. Uh, so go check that out, uh, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Then tomorrow, uh, we're reacting to Gamescom opening night live. That is happening right here on twitch.tv slash games at 11 a.m. sharp, right after Kind of Funny Games Daily. And then also, our screencast review for the first episode of, of Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, is up today over on youtube.com slash kindoffunny and on podcast services when you search kind of funny screencast real quick i want to pop in there uh screencast i keep saying this it's about to pop off the next couple weeks we're going to be doing weekly reviews or at least attempting to weekly reviews of she hulk and uh game of thrones house of the dragon and starting next week lord of the rings rings of power and then star wars Andor when it starts so definitely go check out the screencast feed or youtube.com slash kind of funny for all of our thoughts and i will say she-Hulk episode one, Game of Thrones episode one. So far, so good. Things are Bangers? looking really, really... Oh, dude. Game of Thrones, banger, baby. The game is back. Mm. Let me tell you, man. I'm what? I'm halfway through season four of Better Call Saul. Yeah, I've been bless. that show for weeks on, on, on end. That is a good show. Better Call Saul is a fire show. And I know I'm not even to like the good, good, good stuff yet. But so far, that show's a banger. So maybe I'll show up on a screencast someday to talk about that one. <laughs> I mean, no, you just missed it, Plus, You just, the series no, is wrapped No, I still up. make it. Like, okay, all, no, right, no, no, all right, Do I not have time for the finale? The fin- finale, finale is already It uh, ended last premiere. week, Plus. Ah, uh, damn. Maybe they'll bring it back. Ah, damn. Maybe they'll, they'll like, do, back. like, an El Camino, and I'll be able to talk about that one. <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Guy V, and The Saboteur. Today, we're about to you by me undies, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have nine stories today. Baker's dozen. Now, I can't wait to get even deeper into the Roper Report because half of those stories are basically movie adaptations. Everything's being turned into a movie. Or we're going to get awards for being a movie. Or yeah, or get awarded. It is so rare. It is so rare that news stories line up and they're unrelated actually, but like they all tell this like beautiful, beautiful narrative and then they're Saints Row. Exactly. But that's what happens when uh, you get blessed, right? Oh, G-E-T-T that is blessed. what happens when you get blessed. We figured it out. We figured out what the we're calling this week, of course. This week, me and Tim are on virtually every episode, except for maybe Friday, which I think that's undecided. I don't yeah. know if you figured that one out yet. Tim. No, not yet. To... I, okay. We'll see. There's a chance that it, it'll be all of us. It'll be all of me, me and Blessed for every single day of the week. Uh, but Marvel's Agent M emailed us this morning. It was like, if you two don't call this week, get blessed, get with two Gs. Uh, what are you even doing? So yeah, you're right. Fuck it up. You're right, Brian. Let's go. Let's go. Get ready to get blessed. With story number one, we got a Saints Row review roundup for you. Right now, that game is sitting on Metacritic at a 60 and on Open Critic, tr- Critic at a 65. Tristan Ogilvy at IGN gave it a 6 out of 10 and said this. For a game that gives us so much freedom to be exactly who we want to be via its superb customization options, it's odd that Saints Row itself struggles to forge its own identity when it comes to the types of wanton criminal activities it makes available to us. There's definitely no shortage of shallow shoot-em-up thrills to be had here, but it's a very familiar and uninspired brand of sandbox fun that's unlikely to wow anybody who's played a Saints Row game before, much less a GTA. There are a few spectacular story moments, and the city of Santo Aleso serves as a sprawling new playground full of surprisingly antiquated and non-interactive amusements. But the distinct lack of new gameplay options uh, and the, or gameplay ideas and the frequency with which some of its least interesting ones are reused means this Saints Row feels more like a repetitive retread than a proper reboot. It's definitely a new gang of saints, but they're guilty of some of the same old sins. Mm-hmm. Joni McGregor at PC Gamer gave it a 60 out of 100 and says the knockabout glee of classic Saints Row ultra classic Saints Row ultra violence is here, but held back a little by newfound restraint. And then Alyssa Mercante at Games Radar gave it a 3 out of 5 stars and says, My Saints Row experience was enjoyable and more than occasionally frustrating. At times, it feels like Volition is on the cusp of a, of a breakthrough in both social commentary and open-world game mechanics, while, while at, at other times, it feels like it's upholding the status quo. I love the new cast of characters and what they represent to, to marginalized community members who will play this game. 
and the story is compelling enough that I persevered in the face of irritating bugs. There's a solid game here and plenty of fun to be had with the new Saints Row, but I find myself wishing the team had taken the concept and ran ran with it to the bank before robbing said bank, of course. Tim, you have to sit <laughs> down uh, with, again, me, Mike, and Janet to talk about Saints Row. On our review, all of us gave it a uh, 2 out of 5, which on the Kind of Funny review scale means it's bad. Uh, hearing us talk about it and seeing the reviews uh, across the internet, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I, you, you said this earlier, but it, it's rare that all of us uh, are aligned on not liking one of the bigger AAA games, right? Like, and I know that Saints Row isn't on that, the, the, the top of the top of that, but it, by any definition, is AAA. And usually those games, especially ones that enough of us are interested in to want to play it for the review, uh, means that there's going to be just kind of a, a level of expectation for the quality. And just because of the sheer power and budget being put into these games like people are always like oh wow why do all so many games get three out of fives or why do so many games get eight out of tens it's like well because there's a certain level of polish and a certain level of care put into the games that like it defaults on the higher scale especially we're only going to review the good games like it kind of there's a lot of algorithmic things and decision making that goes into why games tend to be on the higher side of reviews and we get a lot of seven out of tens eight out of tens right um and a lot less one or two or threes because there's a million reasons for that right yeah i mean you you look at the out today section and how many of those games do we actually talk about it's because a lot of those games would occupy the one through five out of ten range Yes. And so with that, it was interesting hearing you, Janet and Mike all kind of have very similar reasonings for why you think this game failed at uh, what it was trying to achieve. But all of you had different things that you were really like hung up on and different things that uh, really negatively spoke to you about the experience. But I think that the the core through all of it was that you guys had fun with the game until you didn't. Like this seems yeah. like there's this rare thing about Saints Row Reboot that um, – has a moment where the game stops being fun and that doesn't necessarily it didn't sound like it was the same moment for all of you but there was a cliff that each one of you eventually got to yeah there, it's funny because as i was playing through for review i was having a moment where i was like am i crazy like what is going on with my brain right now where you know we i going back to about a, a month or so ago i guess a little bit over a month ago where we did the saints row preview and i was like fairly positive on it i had like a lot of gripes with the with the uh, preview build that i played for the about four hours that i played it but i came out of it being like no there's some potential here like i think there are some good things about this game right like the driving's janky the you know combat can use some work but you know there is there are things here that are fun as an open world game and talking to other people reading other other previews a lot of people were aligned of like now the first few hours of the game seem pretty good but as i was reviewing it and i was as i was texting back and forth with people like Janet and people like uh, mike and other people who are playing the game as well it's funny how you know starting off start, starting off i was having a text conversation back and forth with mike and he was like dude i really want to hear what you think of it like i have a lot to say about this thing and i'm like yeah dude. and this is like what three hours into the game i'm like yeah dude like uh like there are obviously some it's, there's obviously a lot of jank like i don't really like how the, the driving feels yada yada but i'm still having fun i can see myself giving this game a three out of five and i think mike was probably in the same place and i know janet was in the same place because we had that conversation uh later when she started the game and it's funny to see all of us kind of drop down to being like, nah, man, the more you play this game, the more it kind of, uh, the more the, the grind sets in of, oh, it's repetitive. Uh, the, the, the shooting doesn't really evolve. I know Janet uh, and Mike got more into um, some of the ventures that allow you to unlock um, uh, some more of the cooler weapons. But it seems like even those didn't take the combat above and beyond for them, right? It still kind of stays in that stale level of, Okay, no, we're just taking out waves of, of, of enemies. Okay, yeah, you know, the jank's still here. Okay, yeah, the bugs are still here. And the longer it goes, the less interesting it becomes. Especially because, for me, the moment where the game stopped becoming interesting was the mission where uh, you are playing as, quote-unquote, the boss, right? That is your character. And you and your crew uh, open up your base of operations, which, which is the church. So you take over the church, you open it up, and from there, the game becomes about building up the saints, right? Starting from the bottom and building your building your way up, recruiting people, uh, uh, you know, finding the, um, like, the, I don't know, like, money, vehicles, all the stuff you need to really operate as this, uh, 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 this, this gang, right? Once you get into the motions of that, it just becomes so dull, and every main mission started to feel like a side mission, uh, and not even, not even a good side mission, right? Not a Witcher 3 side mission. A side mission in terms of, 
oh, I'm just doing an activity. Okay, cool. This main mission is just for me to go over here, kill some guys, go over here and kill some more guys. Okay, this game is really running out of ideas. And I think Mike, Mike put it in a really good way, comparing it to um, previous Saints Row games, which would go for it in the wackiness and the zaniness and the goofiness and uh, like how far they would take it with, with, with some of their jokes. This is a game that feels like it's rolling back, right? It's playing a lot of things safe because it is a Saints Row game that's existing in 2022, but it doesn't replace it like it doesn't replace the things that it's rolling back with anything interesting. It just rolls it back and then just becomes bland. Uh, and for me, I think that's what really, really held it down for a lot of people. Yeah. It sounds like there's fun to be had in certain ways with it. It's just that that fun is found in other places in modern times and in older iterations of Saints Row for less money and available on the same platform you're playing Saints Row. Exactly. Uh, I want to bring in a question from Jake Bakes Cakes, who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, Good morning, Bless and Tim. Saints Row reviews are out, and I have one simple question. Should the Saints Row franchise be retired? Thanks for all you do and for brightening each and every day. Tim Gettys, should the Saints Row franchise be retired? Uh, I, I think the easy answer is yes. I think that it almost feels like it, it wasn't gone long enough for it to have been gone at any point. And like, maybe I'm wrong about that. Cause I was never like a big fan of the franchise. So it's not like I was like looking forward to each thing, but it, it kind of just felt like there was always a Saints Row coming out. And last generation was weird because of remasters and like just remakes and ports and all that shit. So it kind of just felt like even older games, if there wasn't a new iteration, like GTA five is a great example. Like it feels like there's been Grand Theft Auto always, even though the last one was 10 fucking years ago mm. um, with Saints Row. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it it makes sense like for it to keep going if, if they're going to be at this quality. Um, but uh, video games can be a lot of different things. So if they can find an identity for Saints Row that maybe doesn't attempt to be a big AAA game and instead tries to lean harder into that double A side of things, which I know some people would argue that's what this is, but it doesn't seem to be that right like i feel like there is a double a level of fun to be had with saints row if they get all those things right but it goes back to what you're saying of if you're gonna take away what made the old one special because that stuff doesn't work anymore you gotta replace it with something that is new and special and i think sometimes that new special thing can be nostalgia it can be hey this game plays like an old ps2 game like that's the point or ps3 in this case right um but i that is a, a very delicate balance and I don't think we've got there yet. Like we've seen it before. I talk about this a lot that back in the day, indie games, retro games that essentially meant a 2d platformer. And then eventually that meant, well, it also could be a top down JRPG, but now it's like, Oh, it could also be a 3d platformer, but it could also be a, a Metroidvania. It's like things started like expanding. And I think that we're going to hit a point that uh, indie games can be more like a cane of bridge of spirits. Right. I think that's actually a really good example of, um, uh, where Saints Row could hit, which is like, this feels like a a double A game that's so polished that it kind of looks like a triple A game, but it still plays like a, a old school double A game of how you remember it. And that nostalgia kind of adds to the value of the game, but uh, it's a tall order for them. Yeah. I honestly don't know where both Saints Row or Volition goes after this. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about a new IP, they tried that uh, after Saints Row 4, right? They put out uh, Agents of Mayhem. And that came out to a thud, right? Not only was that game not great, right? Not only did that, did that game not set the world on fire, but also there wasn't that that high of a level of anticipation for it in the way that a new Saints Row game had the anticipation, right? There are quite a few people on Twitter this morning that are like, ah, oh, damn, I was looking forward to this one that uh, were bummed out to see it not get the great review scores. And, you know, when a new IP doesn't work, I think then the next move is to go back to what does work, right? And for Volition, that was Saints Row. That was what this was. So for this to come out mm. and again, not set the world on fire and be great. I think the question is like, what is left for Volition to do? And if I had a guess, I could see them doing Saints Row again, but reverting back to the Johnny Gat and like the, the um, like basically dishing away with the reboot, right? Hey, we fucked up the reboot. It wasn't good. We're going to bring you back all the things you loved, which was the original Saints, Johnny Gat, like the wackiness of the, those original games. Like we're going to bring that back and make that the next game. I don't know if they're able to set the world on fire with that though, right? Like I think the question comes to, does Saints Row need to exist in 2022 or 2024 whenever the next game comes out? And it's difficult. You know, we don't have that many open world city games 
uh, as much nowadays as we did back in the day when GTA clones were dominant, dominating the space. I mean, and GTA clones were dominating the space to the point that even GTA clone, it didn't have to be a GTA clone to feel like a GTA clone. Like Need for yeah. Speed games became GTA clones, right? Like pretty much any game kind of adopted that sandbox mentality uh, and it just kind of expanded, expanded. I mean, we we're getting Simpsons hit and runs left and right. Jack and then and eventually- too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so many games that were not t- traditionally like that style adopted those elements and i think that uh once we got to definitely the ps4 era we got so many fewer of those games and it was essentially watchdogs and yeah. gta which like is a, a weird asterisk right <laughs> yeah of course like gta like gta is gta right and they got the they got the rockstar backing and they have all they have online now right so many things to keep that alive and to keep it interesting but yeah you even go to the watchdogs of the world and i know quite a people who enjoy watchdogs and like it for what it is but i don't think anybody's gonna sit here and be like yeah no watchdogs one of the best games of that year when it came out right especially the original one and legions right i think two is probably the one that captured most people's hearts but even that you know i don't think that did it for everybody. You know, these open world city crime games, especially something like Saints Row, which is very specifically trying to be a GTA parody. It is so tough when GTA already is a parody slash satire of real world. So GTA 5 is already like, it's already goofy. It already has the, um, what, I forget what they call the Facebook analog in GTA 5, but they are they already have so many of those, so many riffs on real life, so many riffs on things that um, they're able to take and make funny. Saints Row taking that and trying to make it funny just doesn't really uh, uh, work. And so, yeah, I don't know where they go with this. What I would love, uh, as somebody who's a fan of Volition and somebody who's a fan of a, a lot of the games they make, I would love to see Volition go back to Red Faction. I think that could be an interesting place to go, right? Do a first-person shooter, make it linear. Don't even do the Gorilla uh, slash Red Faction Armageddon thing. Make it a linear shooter and take advantage of it being this fun uh campaign that you're playing on mars or whatever it is i think that could be a fun way to go and i you know with embrace requiring everything i don't even know where rights land um anymore ip land but i do think that they have access to that ip kind of funny.com slash you're wrong because i think they all ended up getting acquired under the same umbrella uh if i have that correct i would like to see them try that or I'd like to see them maybe try something else that's in the bucket of IP that um, uh, Deep Silver or Embracer owns. I can see them. I can see them going that direction. But yeah, Saints Row is one that I don't. I don't know if you can bring it back, right? I think maybe for the time being it should be retired, unless or until somebody comes through with really fresh ideas for it that can really make it pop. Right now, it feels like there's nobody over there that cares enough about Saints Row to have something to say with the franchise. It feels like they're bringing it back just because it's their bread and butter. It's something that they know people will like, which isn't enough uh, to make it pop as a game. When I was growing up, my my dad was really into football and he loved the 49ers and didn't like the Saints and he would mm. call them the Aints. And I thought that was really funny. And I can't find a good way to like say mm. Aints row and make it work. But just want to let I you mean, know, you dad, did. that was for you. That you was for did. you. This, this, this new Saints row, it's Aints row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is Saints Sorry, row, ain't it. Saints Row ain't it. Let's hop into story number two. Something that seems like it is it. Uh, the Last of Us HBO show. Guess what? We got a first look at that. Uh, this comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. HBO has revealed the first teaser for the upcoming TV series adaptation of The Last of Us, and it features Pedro Pascal's Joel, Bella Ramsey's Ellie, and more. Alongside Joel and Ellie, the short tease also gives us a glimpse at Joel's daughter, uh, Sarah, who's played by Nico Parker, uh, Bill, who's played by Nick Offerman, a clicker stuck in a wall, or the remnants of one, uh, and potentially Frank, who's played by Murray Bartlett. The tease begins in winter, as Ellie says, quote, Everybody I have cared for has either died or left me, end quote. Joel responds by saying, quote, you have no idea what loss is, end quote. We, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wanted to commit to it, but then, like, I decided not to commit to it. I, I only halfway committed to it, and I apologize, everybody. You said it with the cadence, but you didn't use the voice. So it was just You less. have no idea what loss is. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. See, character. that's a better one. You gotta get into care. Like, it, you like have... even if you just take a second to stop reading the story and it's like take a beat, take a beat, get into the mindset of Joel, just like this old cranky man, and then just say, it, you know. Well, the thing is, I read that line and I almost want to say like Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead because it feels <laughs> it's like very similar. Yeah, yeah. Carl, you have, Carl, you have no idea what loss is, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we get glimpses of other scenes, including a heartbreaking one from the beginning of the game we won't spoil, a bit of Joel training Ellie to use a gun, and more. It's over quickly, but it gives us a great idea as to the tone they are setting with the series. We still don't have an official release date for The Last of Us on HBO, but we know it'll arrive in 2023. Tim, I'm assuming you got to watch this trailer. Oh, I did. And dude, I I was stoked out of my mind. I obviously Warner and HBO and Discovery and all the stuff like royally, royally fucking shit in the bed the last couple of weeks where the decisions made all the behind the scenes shenanigans and stuff. Uh, but with with Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, they knew that they had to, to bring the heat. They knew that uh, Game of Thrones was one of the biggest worldwide phenomenons in entertainment history, and they fumbled it so bad by the end, but they knew that they they got to bring it back. They got to make sure that it's going to be the, the hotness when it comes out and that the, the they can get that premiere show again, because it's been a while since they've had that level show. Granted, it's we're talking about like one of the most high pro, high profile TV shows of all time, if not the number one show of all time, uh, in terms of viewership and anticipation and like everyone's there for the premiere or torrent ticket the next day um but with the uh, house of the dragon they knew that they're going to have so many eyes so they're like we got to wow people and them starting it with this trailer that shows all of their upcoming slate including hack season three can't wait for that including that show with elizabeth olsen that looks absolutely oh my god incredible which yeah. essentially is like hey y'all what if wandavision was a little more grown up you know what i'm talking about can't wait there was just banger after banger in that thing of like hey all the shows you love they're they're coming back here's a bunch of new shows that look dope as shit and then for them to end and give the last of us the hero treatment i love that hbo believes in it this much like they they clearly are like oh we got something special here that they're gonna do like and coming next year on hbo and it's like yep. the last of us like i got chills i got chills even right now just saying that like i love that they're showing this the respect that i would hope that they would give it oh here we go here we go who the fuck are you calling bless somebody who's probably not gonna answer Neil Druckmann. <laughs> Talk to me, it's Andy. Uh, Andy, what's up? You're on Kind of Funny Games Daily. How's it going? I'm doing great. Um, I'm watching the show. Great show so far. Hell thank yeah. You. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm calling you because I'm in need of some of your voice acting talent. I want to I want to give sure. you a line to deliver for me. All right. You ready? Okay. Sure thing. Uh, all right. This is Joel from The Walking Dead. He says, you have no idea what loss is. Can you give me that line? Yeah, sure thing. <clears throat> Make sure my humidifier's on real quick. All right, turn on, turn on, turn on. You got time. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> hey there, kiddo. You have no idea what loss is. Oh, so good. That's so good. I appreciate you, Andy. Thank you. No problem. Man. All right, thank you. Did you mean to say Joel from The Walking Dead? Did I say Walking Dead? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just continuing the bit. <laughs> I should have stuck to it. Uh, I, I was he, like, is he about to call Troy Baker and ask him to do a freaking? <laughs> oh man, I wish. Man. I'm not Greg Miller. I do not have. I do not have Troy Baker's number in my phone. I want to do uh, like voice acting. I'm not about to call Troy right now. I do. Not, <laughs> I do not want to wish that upon him. But um, real talk, this, this trailer looks phenomenal. I love what they showed of it, which is not much, right? It's such a tease, and it's like if you know, you know, we know, so we're excited, right? But uh, for somebody else like uh, the Gia's of the world out there. They see this and just with the pomp and circumstance that HBO gives it and the excitement of the, the people are like, no, no, this is about to be awesome coming from us. Like they have they're teeing themselves up for a mega success from this one. Right. Like, I think that this has so much potential. Pedro Pascal. Oh, my God. He looks incredible as Joel and getting that line read. I love it because my first instinct was, oh, this sounds right. This this really sounds right. You know, it's not Troy. It's close, but it's different. And I think that mm. that's what this needs to be, which is giving us the character, giving us what we expect from it, but a different version of it. Like, it, it shouldn't be one-to-one. -one. It shouldn't be, a, oh, man, like, he didn't nail every single tone of it. It's a different character to an extent. So I'm excited that, to me, they're knocking it out of the park so far. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's been an uphill battle for me to to get excited. Not, even, not to get excited, but to get convinced about this nailing what the last of us is because for me when it comes to video game adaptations for me there's a class of video game that already nails the cinematic presentation and the performance that 
I would say, ah, oh, this doesn't need an adaptation. And Last of Us is one of those games. You know, Last of Us, I, I remember moment for moment in terms of what goes on in the story, who those characters are, how those characters present, like how those characters interact with each other, how dialogue should sound, all that stuff. And what I would need for the HBO Last of Us show to do to, one, knock it out of the park, but then also turn me into a believer, would be for it to feel like its own thing, right? Take the parts of The Last of Us that are needed that are genuine that are true to what that game is the, the, the I, I think the, the lines that they chose to show in the trailer are key right because those are iconic iconic lines from ellie saying yeah everybody who i've cared for has either died or left me right that is one of the that's one of ellie's like most important lines from that game and then again same thing for joel saying you have no idea what loss is those are the moments that you need to keep from the game right but then from there, yeah, allow Pedro to be his own Joel, uh, allow Bella to be her uh, her own Ellie, right, and allow these characters to shine. I like the idea that we could potentially see Frank here, because Frank, I don't believe, was in the original Last of Us at all, right? That was a character that, uh, by the time we see Frank, Frank is already gone mm -hmm. uh, in that game. And so the idea of getting glimpses of who that character was, yeah, like, do things that the the game wasn't able to to, to show me, because the game is doing its own thing. And as a TV show, you have your own space, you have your own medium to tell this same story. Uh, this trailer was really good. And so far, I am I am still on the the, the line of being uh, excited for it. You know, I'm still, I, I still don't know if I'm going to sit down with the show and be like, I like this better than the game. Because for me, the game is still perfect. That's still a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. But uh, I think if anybody's able to, to do it the most justice they can, uh, it'll be the team that's working on it right now. Nick Offerman is is Bill is going to be insane. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. I again could not be more excited about this. Every single choice they've made so far, I'm like, damn, that surpassed my expectation. And I think mm -hmm. so much of it goes back to Neil is so deeply involved in it, and the music done by the homie. Right, we're oh, getting yeah. Last of Us music, and I think that when you adapt things, whether it's uh, uh, video games to movies or like, uh, like comic book adaptations, like all that stuff, it's like when they don't use uh, music from the things that we know it from it doesn't feel as good like i know there's a lot of shit to talk about the death note uh netflix movie rightfully so but i think the biggest mistake that not enough people talk about is that it didn't use the music from the show like that the music is what sets the tone and allows the levity of how ridiculous the situations are and when you don't have that it lessens it i think that last of us it so much of it is the sound of the last of us that makes it so special otherwise it at some point is just hey it's an apocalypse thing it is zombies it is blah 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 but it's like no there's identity to it and, and there's love in every single element that comes together in this perfect package so i'm really excited well tim speaking of a sony post-apocalyptic adaptation uh story number three sony is reportedly making a days gone movie this comes from igor at engadget Days Gone may have never gotten a proper sequel, but its post-apocalyptic story could eventually make its way to the silver screen. According to Deadline, Sony's PlayStation Productions unit is developing a film adaptation of the 2019 game. Outlander actor Sam Hewen is reportedly set to star in a script penned uh, by Up in the Air and X-Men First Class writer Sheldon Turner. Deadline reports Turner envisions the final film being a, quote, love ballad to motorcycle movies, end quote. Tim, what do you think of that? You know, every single element that goes into Days Gone with the music and with the... No, I'm just fucking around. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, whatever, dude. Like, I, it's going to be meme to death of all this stuff of, like, let's just make fun of how stupid it is that every single video game is getting a movie. I have a feeling that there's going to be some hits from this shit. There's going to be a lot of misses from this shit. And I feel like with Days Gone, a love ballad to motorcycle movies, that's a good angle for this, right? That is something that, like, cool, this can make this succeed. And I personally like the idea of PlayStation expanding into expanding their IP to different mediums. I'm not a Days Gone fan, but I'd be interested in a Days Gone movie. I, this brings me back to when they first announced Days Gone, and the reaction to from many people was, "Oh man, Sony's announcing a video game that is this post-apocalyptic, realistic, you know, gritty take on zombie horror. Isn't that going to conflict with The Last of Us? Don't they already have that?" And then Days Gone comes out, and it gets uh, compared to all hell to that. I look at the movie, and I think the exact same thing. I'm like. Oh, but don't you guys already have a really cool zombie thing that's going to be the talk of the town that's being produced by HBO? You're telling me that you want to make a Days Gone movie to follow that up? Uh, I don't know if that's a move. I feel the exact same way about the game or uh, about this movie as I did at, uh, as the game when they announced that. Um, like, I think it's interesting that they're reaching a little bit deeper into their IP. I know Days Gone isn't necessarily a deep cut like uh, the next new story we'll talk about in a second, but it is one that 
it, it's fascinating that, the, that they're going that direction because they're very, from reports, right? They're very purposely not making Days Gone 2. They are staying away from Days Gone. So the fact that they're making a movie, I just think is really interesting, um, especially with how they're treating IP, right? And wanting to um, capitalize off of Horizon, right? Horizon's hot, let's make a Horizon TV show. Last of Us is hot, let's make a Last of Us remake and then, you know, co have that coincide somewhat with a TV show and also have factions, right? These, like, Ghost of Tsushima is hot, let's make a, let's make a Ghost of Tsushima uh, movie. Days Gone coming into that equation confuses me, especially because I do think that there are way more worthwhile things in their pockets that they could do, like Twisted Metal Tim. Isn't that right, Andy? Hey there, uh, kiddo. You have no idea why these days are gone. <laughs> Thank you for that, Andy. Appreciate Thank you, Andy. You. Yeah. Is that all you got? That's all I got, yeah. <laughs> we don't need a Twisted Metal show enough. We, nobody cares. Nah, man, Car combat fucking sucks. Let's just all admit it. Car combat sucks. I mean, Andy has never watched uh, Mad Max then because car combat fucking kicks ass in movies. Oh, my God. And That's think about that, like, with Sweet Tooth instead of but, Max, but, you know? Like, but, that'll be a Hold on. Job. Bear, think about it with all the budget and love and care that a Peacock project's going to get. You oh, know dude, what I mean? Tim, like, it's gonna be off the, dude, it's going to be off the fucking chain, Tim. It's going to be awesome. I can't fucking wait for Twisted Metal. <laughs> the jokes aside, though, like, uh, I, I'm with you, Bless. I think that you're, you're not wrong about... Days Gone just as a property, not really being exciting. But I do think that this love valid to motorcycle movies, that gives this the potential to kind of like reach a different audience. Don't focus as much on it's a zombie movie. Focus more on the biker gang side of it, which I think gets lost in a 60-hour video game, but could be really interesting as a two-hour movie to general audiences that are then introduced to PlayStation Studios in a different way. I don't know. But I think, and also this team, this sounds good. This sounds like a, a good production team behind it, like X-Men First Class Rider. Like, hell yeah. Tim, I want to talk to you more about some more Sony adaptations brought being brought to film. But before we get there, I want people out there know about patreon.com slash games, where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I love Me Undies. It is very rare, if ever, that you'll see me not wearing Me Undies head to toe. I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. I'm wearing the Me Undies lounge shorts. I'm wearing the Me Undies socks. I'm wearing the Me Undies undies. Of course I am. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes. But did you know that they make other stuff too? They have daily tees, shorts, rompers that add a little silky softness to your everyday. They even make hoodies for your dog you know the toretto and moose be rocking those as well meundies is your destination for all things soft and sustainable for any first-time purchasers you get 20 percent off plus free shipping and returns to get 20 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny you're not gonna regret it you're gonna love meundies just like i do meundies.com slash kind of funny Story number four, Tim, Sony is making a Gravity Rush movie. This comes from Matt Grobar at Deadline. PlayStation Productions and Scott Free Productions have launched development on Gravity Rush, a film based on the 2012 action-adventure video game of the same name, which Anna Mastro uh, of Secret Society of Second Born Royals is attached to direct from a script by Emily Jerome of Panopticon. The open-world PlayStation Vita game, developed by Japan Studios Project Siren, is published by Sony... Uh, yeah, is published is Project Siren and published by Sony has players controlling Cat and Amnesiac with the ability to manipulate gravity who uses her powers to defend the, the floating community of, of Hexville uh, from gravity storms and the mysterious race of monsters known as the Nevi. Tim, you excited for a Gravity Rush movie? Uh, I'm personally not. I feel like this is uh, going to be more in line with like the Ratchet and Clank movie that we got that really kind of kicked off a lot of the PlayStation uh, Studio stuff. Um, the difference being, I feel like the Ratchet and Clank uh, kind of was retelling the story of the game in a different way. It was like, it felt like a, a modern take on an old movie license game, but like in reverse, mm. where it's like the game, the movie kind of felt like it only existed because they were remaking the first game and the remake of the first game felt like it only existed because the movie was happening, you know? So I feel like that was kind of like a, in some ways, a misstep for uh, PlayStation 
studios or PlayStation productions. Um, with this, it's like this obviously feels a lot more niche. This feels like it's targeting yeah. a, a sp- very specific group. And I wouldn't be surprised if this movie uh, ends up not being theatrically released, but instead is like a Netflix deal or something like that, especially because Sony doesn't have their own um, streaming service. So there's a lot of money to be made from a Netflix or a whatever the hell HBO turns into um, or Amazon or any of them, like kind of like partnering with them. So my money would be this goes to Netflix. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that too. This doesn't feel like something that would be a, a huge theatrical release unless Sony was really trying to push Gravity Rush, which, you know, maybe they might want to work on a Gravity Rush 3. That seems unlikely, but who knows? Like, you know, you can never really pinpoint what people are like. When it comes to crazy ideas like this, it's like, why would you even get, get here in the first place? Uh, I'm down for this. You know, I'm not somebody who's huge into Gravity Rush, but I did download it when the new PS Plus came out, and I am kind of curious to play it. It's a game that I've always been intrigued about, and now that they've announced the movie, I have an actual reason to to check it out. Um, But yeah, no, this is fascinating, especially within the midst of all these other movie announcements. I'm the the more we get now, the more I'm like, all right, what is the plan here? Because before with with Sony Productions and all this stuff, right? I've been of the mind of. Okay, cool. Like like I mentioned before, Ghost, that makes sense, right? You have go- the Ghost game. Horizon, that makes sense. Even Twisted Metal, it's like we've gotten reports of a Twisted Metal game coming out sometime in the next few years. So I can see that. I can see how you line those things up. Now that we're here and we're at Days Gone and Gravity Rush, I'm like, all right, let's, let's see where this goes. You're losing me in the strategy, but, you know, I'm down to, I'm down to watch this one. Tim. A couple more movies I might be down to watch. <laughs> Y'all, this reminds me of the late 90s, man, where you'd be reading uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, and they're like, yo, there's about to be a Metroid movie. There's about to be a Crazy Taxi movie. There's about to be the at the grocery store. There's those little things you put a quarter in and then turn the thing, and then the, the little pods pop out and get like a brat sticker or whatever mm-hmm. or like a little hoochie mama sticker. You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't uh, know about the hoochie mama sticker. You don't I know, know the brat those? sticker. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, like those, you know. those gotcha machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was gonna be a movie based on that. Like they're just going hard out here mm. in these streets, and now it's actually happening. Like now, I bet you that ninety percent of these movies actually are released. <laughs> we'll see about these next two. Story number five: Sega is making a Space Channel Five and Comic Zone movie. Uh, this comes from Boris Kit at Hollywood Reporter. With a third Sonic the Hedgehog movie now in the works, Sega, the video game company behind the global hit, is now targeting other titles for adaptation. Sega has partnered with Pictures Tart, uh, the banner behind the recently released Am I OK? and Sundance hit Cha-Cha Real Smooth to develop film adaptations of two of its 1990s video game titles, Space Channel 5 and Comic Zone. I'm going to pause there. Tim, mm-hmm. have you heard of the Sundance hit Cha-Cha Real Smooth? I have. It's a, it's a big indie I movie right this. now. I mean, it's it's like it's a Sundance movie. I'd be more surprised if you didn't miss it. Yeah. It's is it like it's like popping off right now in the in the like award scenes for like film festival scenes. All right, Dakota have, Johnson's in it. I might have to look into that one. Cha Cha Real Smooth. I fucking yeah. I remember we watched the trailer for it on some morning show a long time ago. But yeah, people are loving it. Uh, continuing on with the news story, Channel 5, a comedy slash dance adaptation of the cult classic 1999 dance game, will tell the story of a hapless fad f- fast food worker who is recruited by a freedom reporter from the future to save the world from aliens using the one thing that unites all people on the planet, our love of silly viral dances. Zone, an adaptation of the cult, co- cult console video game, uh, follows a jaded comic book creator and a young queer writer of color who, when sucked into the final issue of his popular series, must put aside their differences to stop a dangerous supervillain from sowing complete destruction. In the process, they wittily explore the ever-evolving art of storytelling itself. Sega's Toru Nakahara, a producer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, reprodu- will uh producer for the Sonic Hedgehog movie franchise, as well as executive producer for Sonic Prime TV series, will produce the two adaptations. Tim, how much of this is Sonic the Hedgehog's fault? Um, Well, for the Sega, I mean, it's weird. I don't think it's Sonic's fault in terms of like all of these movies being made. I think that that's just like the way that the industry is shifting now, where there is a lot of money. Again, going back to what I was saying, like there's so much money in these streaming services that they are just like licensing fees and all that stuff. So there's uh, the cash there. Then there's also just the um, success of the box office coming back, right? Like we've seen it with uh, 
but obviously Top Gun Maverick being a great example. But yeah, going down to things like Sonic the Hedgehog that are really proving that there can be an audience for these things. And everyone's chasing that because they saw what happened with superhero movies where uh, all it took was for a couple of them to hit hard for them to just be like, oh, cool, keep going, keep going, keep going. We haven't really hit that breaking point. Uh, and at this point, I don't know that we ever will, uh, at least not anytime soon. So I think the video games, if they can build up that same type of like understanding of, oh, video game movies means it goes back to our conversation we're having about saints row of like mm. understanding what a triple a game is that like it's probably going to be good just because of the resources and things being put into it it's the same thing for on the superhero side of things where it's like if a marvel studios a marvel project we assume is probably going to perform really well right so mm. that means that other people are going to do the same thing i think with video games it's like if we hit a uh understanding eventually and it's going to take a, a lot more wins but the understanding that video game movies are probably going to be good whereas right now it's video game movies are probably going to be absolute dog shit is the thought i think that uh that's why all this is happening and there's just so much money in it and it it potentially could allow them to make so much money and gain understanding and uh love for an ip which just gets them more video game sales yeah I this these I would not have gone Comic Zone and Space Channel Five, but I am kind of looking forward to seeing how these fan out. Uh, Comic Zone being the one that's a bit more, I guess, engaging in terms of what that video game was versus what um, they're talking about in the movie. Where the Comic Zone video game, I don't know if you watch gameplay for that, but it looks dope as hell. Um, I never got God, to play you it. You sweet up. young little baby boy, bless. You don't know if I've ever seen Comic Zone. Comic Zone was like <laughs> that. Comic Zone is the 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 game of mm. you didn't have a Sega Genesis, but your friend's cousin did. And when you go to his house, guess what you're playing? Son of the Hedgehog and Comic Zone. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Comic Zone is a game that I always wish I'd played that I never got my hands on. But yeah, the game looks fucking dope as hell. What they're talking about with this movie adaptation, I'm like, I don't know, man. That doesn't sound that fun. Like they're going into his last uh, uh, produced comic to like to set aside their differences and fight against the greater evil. All right, cool whatever yeah. space channel five that's probably the, that's another one where Ooh, la, la. that'll be my last pick for a video game adaptation to a movie like i don't know man are you, you kidding me that could be so fun dude especially if you put some like actual artists behind it like this sounds like they're doing with the cha-cha real smooth team like dude <laughs> yo space channel five was fucking awesome and again, I'm not saying like, I mean, oh, yeah. does it need a movie? No, it doesn't need a movie. Could that movie be dope? Absolutely. Again, I don't think that this is going to be a, a billion dollars at the box office movie, but it, a Space Channel 5, uh, if they had as much fun as the game did with licensed music and like kind of turning it into like this ridiculous like Xenon space music video type thing, fuck yeah, it could be fun. I'm just saying, give me the Personas, man. Give me the Yakuza. Give me a really cool Yakuza movie. I feel like that is something that would pop off. And that has an audience behind it that would support mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, it's just the fact that I'm surprised they're surpassing those and going, all right, Space Channel 5, this, this weird-ass rhythm game that we haven't made. I, like, when was the last time they made one of those? I know I remember playing the, the Wii. I, think. I played a, the Space Channel 5 VR game. Uh, that was neat. Um, also very short. But, like, but yeah, before that, I, I would imagine that, that that Wii one was probably the last one. You know, that's something that's been on, on ice for a while. And then Comic Zone... I don't think has had <laughs> sequels since that, mm -mm. The, that original one. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Speaking of adaptations, story number six, Ubisoft denies that they're making a Blade game. This comes from Chris Scolian at VGC. YouTuber Jor Raptor noticed that a recent Instagram post could, could indicate that the publisher is working on a game based on Marvel's vampire superhero. Edwin Gaffney, who previously starred in Detroit Become Human, recently posted an Instagram photo of himself and fellow actor Alex Martin. Quote, that's a wrap, uh, Gaffney wrote next to the photo. Quote, it is always a pleasure working on great projects, but what makes it even better is working with great people. Thank you, Alex Martin, for the talent and energy you bring to the set. You rock, end quote. Gaffney also added the hashtags, hashtag mocap, hashtag performance ca capture, hashtag Ubisoft, and hashtag Ubisoft games, suggesting that he and Martin had been recording motion capture for a new Ubisoft game. However, the second photo in Gaffney's post uh, shows him uh, and Martin holding a clapperboard, which names the production as Marvel. The clapperboard also lists the director as B. Tarek. Uh, this is almost certainly Basam Tarek, who Marvel Studios has currently confirmed will be directing the Blade movie uh, due for release in November 2023. 
The first photo also shows Gaffney holding a sword, which is Blade's weapon of choice. Ubisoft has published a statement denying the claims that it's working on a Blade title. Quote, sorry to slice up the rumors, we're not working on a Blade game, but we can't wait to see what our friends at Marvel Studios are cooking up for next year's movie. End quote. Tim, what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, look, here's the thing. Ubisoft straight up coming forward and saying, like, now we're not making a Blade game. Uh, it's rare that companies, game companies specifically, would come forward and outright respond to rumors like this. You know, they, like, we don't see that that often. So if they do, I feel like there's there's truth in what they're saying in terms of the words that they're saying. We're not making a Blade game. Cool. So are you making a game that heavily features Blade that's not called Blade? <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe there's an ensemble game of some sort that they're working on that blades in it, and the blade director's there for a multitude of reasons. The movie director's there, like it could just be uh trying to like get the blade character right uh for whatever reason. Maybe this version is the MCU version of Blade, and in the same way that James Gunn uh worked with uh the Russo brothers on Infinity War and Endgame to make sure that the Guardians were the right tone and acting the right way and all that stuff, like it could be that type of thing, which I don't think is that likely. Um, I feel like they'd want to keep the video game characters very separate from the Marvel Studios ones in terms of like them being mm. the same character. Uh, but it also could just be him popping by and supporting and hanging out with homies or whatever it is. So I don't think that there's too much to read into in terms of like the Blade director being there. But I definitely think that that's Blade. And I think it's going to be in a Marvel <laughs> Ubisoft game. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I the the way I reason it in my head is possibly maybe they're they're there doing some test performance capture stuff for the MCU movie, and maybe Ubisoft has facilities that they could they could use for some weird CGI shit that they're working on. Like that's the only way I can mm. rationalize it to where they wouldn't be working on a Blade game because they're, they're, reading through the story, I'm like, oh yeah, they're working on a Blade game. Oh yeah, they're working on it. Oh yeah, no, this makes sense. And I get to Ubisoft statement, it's like, all right, well I guess if they're not, then what I what else what else could it be aside from them uh working on the movie i do think that i could see ubisoft working on an, some kind of ensemble thing um especially for marvel uh, given that ubisoft already working on uh avatar frontiers of pandora and mm. it was announced earlier in the year that they're working on yeah, it might have been last year uh, kind of funny yeah. if you're wrong that they're working on the star wars thing uh from the team uh, that did the division if they're working on Avatar and Star Wars, like those are two Disney things right there. If if Disney slash Marvel has that good relationship with Ubisoft and they trust them, yeah, why not just give them uh, also give them a Marvel game in a, in a world where they're trying to prolifer proliferate that as well? Did we are it, did we know that Ubisoft's making a Marvel game? I don't think so. I don't think no. so. No. Yeah. So, but I I think you're right, Bless. Like I think that there's like. Where there's smokes, everybody. Where there's smokes. Where there's smokes. Uh, I'm just gonna throw out there Marvel Knights. Straight up. I mean, I, I think that that's like a, a really, really good call. Like because the them using Midnight Suns in the the for the other game from 2K, it's like cool. That makes sense. Which I feel like that would have been the first go to for what this could be if it's a Blade Ensemble thing. Um, but you're absolutely right. I feel like a Marvel Knights game maybe a little bit more adult, maybe a bit more like an M-rated Marvel game uh, from Ubisoft. That could mm -hmm. be really damn cool. Mm -hmm. And I, I can you can imagine what that could look like. And it's I don't think that UB would be scared to do that. Like, I feel like uh, when it comes to Disney and Marvel and the way that they – Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, all that, the way that they've treated their licensing of their titles to the different developers, like, I, it's clear that they are trying to work with the uh, different – developers to make the right games for the right titles and i think that there is room for m-rated marvel stories and games just like there's room for r-rated movies in marvel that like deadpool and uh, logan and things like that that will probably see eventually again from the disney era of all of this but i think that if you're going to get a m-rated marvel game ubisoft could be a good partner for that Story number seven, Tim, we got a couple of quick hits for you, starting with uh, Destiny 2 and Fortnite crossover that seemingly has leaked. Uh, this is Tom Warren at The Verge. Bungie appears to be getting ready to add Fortnite skins to Destiny 2. 
After Fortnite leaker Mita Rado uh, teased a potential Destiny 2 collab over the weekend, uh, Ginsor, a well-known Destiny data miner, has confirmed the crossover with an image showing off several classic Fortnite skins in Destiny 2, uh, which I find this one interesting because usually it's the other way around when it comes to Fortnite. Uh, I, I think we rarely see Fortnite skins make it into other games because usually Ooh. Fortnite skins are just other cosmetics based on other IP. Uh, but this this seems neat, right? Barrett brought up the image, and it is like the Destiny uh, Guardians wearing like the cool ass like cat mask thing that you see see in Fortnite. And I imagine that yeah, if it's crossing crossing over this way, you'll probably also get some Destiny Two skins in Fortnite as well. And so probably look forward to that. Yeah, that, you're, you make a good point about the the crossover going the other way. I think that's cool. The power yeah. of Fortnite continues. And then story number eight, Multiverses uh, has surpassed 20 million players. This is T Dean Takahashi at VentureBeat. Warner Brothers Games announced today that Multiverses, the free-to-play free uh, platform fighter, has now surpassed over 20 million players since the open beta started on July 26th. It was only last week that we talked about it surpassing 10 million, Tim. Mm -hmm. Crazy numbers for Multiverses. It's wild, man. Good for them. Good I hope that them. I hope they keep it up. I hope they keep delivering the the content and the quality and just keeping adapting and changing and, and giving the community what they want because this could be a massive hit for years to come if they keep this up. One thousand percent. Story number nine: The Game Awards has announced its date. This comes directly from at the Game Awards on Twitter. Uh, mark your calendar. The Game Awards is live December eighth, twenty twenty two. Join us to celebrate the best video games of 2022 and see what's next. At the Game Awards streams live from the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, they then follow up uh, by talking about how they're adding a new category. Uh, this is actually from Jeff Keighley on Twitter. This year, At the Game Awards introduces a new category, Best Adaptation, to recognize outstanding work adapting video game IP to other entertainment forms. Uh, we'll celebrate shows, movies, books, podcasts, comics, plus more that authentically adapt the source material best adaptation tim dude there's so much here first off i want to give a major shout out to the game awards continuing to just have the dopest looks and motion graphics and font choices every year they always uh come with some heat and they always change it up and i think it's really rad and i i always love when we get like cool branding refreshes and stuff really and quick tim which fast it. and furious movie does this remind you is this fast five is this what this is even with like the font treatment here with the the numbers mm. and then like the colors like is it fast 5 that i'm thinking of well it's, the it's orange tokyo drift is oh, orange oh tokyo drift that's what i'm thinking of that's yeah, what i'm thinking yeah. of Every, every Fast and Furious has a color associated with yeah, it, which yeah, is yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so love the branding, love the colors and all that stuff. Um, in terms of the date, it's exciting, cool. We know it's always around there, so I don't think this is that big of a surprise. But yeah, best adaptation being added. I think this is a major win, and I also think that it's transparent as hell in a good way uh, of why this is happening. We are seeing a lot more, as evidenced by the preceding stories on today's show, of TV and movie adaptations of video games. And we're seeing a lot more quality uh, when it comes to those things. And sure, we haven't had a pure masterpiece yet, uh, but it took 20 plus movies to get to a masterpiece in comic book movies. So uh, I don't, I'm not surprised by that at all. But I think that this is kind of trying to have a little foresight into the future. And what this is teeing up is Last of Us winning next year. And you start thinking about this, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense for, I'm not even joking, like really, like, this they're, they're creating a category so that next year they can give last of us hopefully if it's as good as we expect it to be the awards and praise it deserves and kind of keep that in the video game sphere um as well as more opportunities to have traditional celebrities on stage at the game awards which is something we know jeff Keighley really wants and adds a immense amount of value to the game awards as a brand to the mainstream media so um i think this is good news overall yeah, I'm right there with you. I actually really uh, like this category uh, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, right? Like, look back at today's show and how many different video game adaptations are happening uh, and how much that is becoming more and more important to the industry as the industry expands. And, like, you see IPs being taken from just being video games to them being, uh, you know, not, I was going to say greater things. There's nothing greater than video games. But, like, becoming different things, right? I think it makes sense for that. But then also, you know, let, let Sonic win an award. I feel like the Sonic movie has a bigger chance of winning an award than the Sonic game this year. And so, oh, oh, do you just have that on deck? Is that always by your side? It has to be. You know, it won the award in my heart. It, man. But uh, yeah, Sonic 2, baby, let's show some love. Let's go. Adaptation it, of the year. Does it really deserve awards? I don't know, but fuck it. 
Why hey, not? it is going to win Why an award. Listen, if the if the Oscars decide to ignore Sonic 2 the movie, Jeff yes. Keighley will not. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff Keighley will be there handing handing Sonic the award uh, mm-hmm. personally. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this this is a great idea. And like, it's not even just that, right? And I, and I the, it's the fact that in the last couple of years, I think we've seen so many video game adaptations become like huge, right? You look at Arcane and the presence that Arcane had last year, and people will put put that up for put that up for best adaptation or uh, best animation period let alone just best video game adaptation, right? Like, we're getting to that level, as you mentioned, Tim. And as we go forward, yeah, I would love to see what, like, hey, let's award the adaptations that are doing it right. In an industry that has been plagued with bad bad adaptation after bad adaptation for decades, yeah, like, let's look at the ones that are doing it well and actually award them for it and give people um, encouragement to make things better. And for everyone talking shit, I understand that there's going to be a lot of Halos that aren't horrible. Like, Halo's not bad. It's just not good. It's not great, but it's not bad. But there's the Cuphead show. There's Arcane. There is Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and definitely Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We are getting <laughs> things of quality at this point that it's like I, the expectation that these things are going to suck is, is I think, very toxic and wrong. Mm. Well, Tim, Barry, you have some? I just think it's weird that we're, you know, I, I, I get the the idea. I just think it's weird that we're focusing on different mediums at a, an award show that should be focusing on what uh, this medium does special specifically. I think I just think it's weird per- personally for me of like focusing on other mediums, adapting stuff and trying to reuse it for or repurpose it for different mediums when we should be more so just showcasing what video games as a medium can do and stuff like that. I know it's like a weird small thing, but that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, I made a joke in the Slack about like, I can't wait for the Oscars to be like, here's the best video game tie in movie brought to you by G fuel. It just, it doesn't, I don't know. I think it's weird. I feel you. Uh, We got one breaking news story that popped as we're live with the show. Uh, Sony is being sued for 5 billion euros over PlayStation store prices. Uh, This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Sony is being sued for 5 billion euros over the price of its online PlayStation Store prices, uh, which the plaintiff claiming Sony is overcharging consumers and abusing its position as the primary seller of PlayStation games digitally. As reported by Sky News, consumer rights advocate Alex Neal, the ex-managing director of nonprofit consumer uh, advice organization, uh, which UK is leading the legal action and said, uh, quote, the game is up for Sony PlayStation, end quote. Uh, The lawsuit filed with the Competition Appeal Tribunal on August 19th states that consumers have been overcharged for digital purchases of games and DLC as Sony is charging a 30% commission. Quote, with this legal action, I am standing up for the millions of UK people who have been unwittingly overcharged, said Neil. Quote, we believe Sony has abused its position and ripped off its its consumers. Gaming is now the biggest uh, entertainment industry in the UK, ahead of TV, video, and music, and many vulnerable people rely on gaming for community and connection. The actions of Sony is costing millions of people who can't afford it, particularly when we're in the midst of a cost cost of living crisis and the consumer purse is being squeezed like never before, end quote. The crux of the lawsuit is that as the primary and dominant seller of digital PlayStation products, Sony is in a position to overcharge for its terms or for its items. Uh, the legal action claims it's doing exactly that, forcing consumers to overspend unfairly and, as a result, is in breach of competition law. Quote, Sony dominates the digital distribution of PlayStation games and in-game content, said Natasha Perman, uh, the legal partner leading the case. She continues, quote, it has deployed an anti-competitive strategy, which has resulted in excessive prices to, cons- uh, to customers that are out of all proportion to the costs of Sony providing its services, end quote. The estimated damages per individual over the last six years ranged from 67 euros to 562 euros, excluding interest, which amasses to the 5 billion uh, euro t- uh, total, the lawsuit claims. IGN has reached out to Sony for comment. Uh, There's no one. way this goes through. No way. <laughs> Mark my words. Not a fucking chance. This is a non-story. It's fascinating, though. 5 billion euros is what they're trying to sue Sony for. Over overcharging. We'll keep an eye on that. Tim, I can't wait to see where this lawsuit goes, but the results of it are probably just so far away. Mm-hmm. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? 
the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday yeah out today we got idle zombies clicker for pc and destiny of the world for pc and we got one new date for you bloodstained will have a crossover with journey on august 23rd including a new area and boss bloodstained having a crossover with journey there you go why not uh, why not you know it's the it's we're in the multiverse Fortnite saga. destiny you know bloodstained journey we're in know? the multiverse saga everything crossover with everything all right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube and listening later on podcast services around the globe uh adam and pikachu writes in and says a baker's dozen is 13. adam and pikachu you must be new to the show <laughs> <laughs> welcome uh, it's always nice to have a new community yeah member. welcome <laughs> well, well welcome to the family uh big babula says ages of mayhem is a saints row game it's not it's in the saints row universe but it is not a saints row game uh let's see Mm-mm-mm. Oh yeah, yeah. The banner SN says the Ubisoft Massive Star Wars game was revealed in early 2021. So yeah, it was last year that it was revealed. And that is it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. This week's hosts for kind of funny games daily go like this. Tomorrow it is you and me. Wednesday, it is me and you. Thursday, it is me and you. Then on Friday, it's me and Gary Witta. Uh it, could it possibly be Tim? <laughs> Uh, we'll possibly see. we'll mm-hmm. see you'll have to wait for that if you're watching this live on twitch right now after this is mike and andy playing some spider-man on pc for a fun epic sponsored stream if you want to cast that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>